Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. Welcome back, listeners, to this Humana Life podcast. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. And I'm Brittany LaBear. And we are very excited to have in the studio Cynthia Elliott, HR business partner lead with Business Leadership Group. What what does that even mean? Oh, we'll get to that, <laughs> won't we? We are really happy to have you here. So welcome. Thank you, ladies. It's a delight to be here. One of my favorite podcasts is Patty Del Tai when you guys did that with her. And so it's such an honor to me to be considered even in the same genre of audio podcast with Patty. So thank you. Uh, absolutely. And yeah. you know, Patty Del Tai has the number one most listens of all of our podcasts. Oh, so I'm in good company. Mm. And everything you think you know, like in terms of how great she is, is like 100% mm. true. Like she truly is one of the most beautiful people I think I've ever met. Completely. <laughs> ah. I think we should bring her back for an encore. Yes. Oh, that Ooh. would be fun. We could. <laughs> could well, arrange that. Well, we and you absolutely, we are thrilled to have you and um, can't wait to hear more about your journey. So why don't you start by just introducing yourself? Um, what brought you to Humana? What does your career journey look like? Um, and just help us understand a little bit more about you. Sure, happy to. So I am actually in my 14th year with Humana and I have um, had five different jobs or roles, depending on what time frame you talk about in Humana. And I come from a um, come from a lengthy background of a lot of different right or left turns. So tell you a little bit about me. I'm married. I just had my 18th wedding anniversary to Neil. Congratulations. Thank you. That was spectacular. And on the same day of my 18th anniversary, my granddaughter turned 21. So we celebrated that, which was pretty exciting. Um, I have we have one son and he and our extended family live in Texas. So when I'm getting on an airplane, I'm either coming to Humana from Southwest Florida, I'm coming to Louisville, or I'm headed to Texas to see my family. So if you see me in an airport, those are the two places I'm heading to right now. Um, a little bit more about my a little bit more about my journey. Uh, what I think is is so spectacular about Humana is that if you are someone who um, believes in sort of a straight pathway you have kind of that narrow mindset not narrow mindset but narrow view of where you'd like to go Humana gives you that opportunity to really build your skills and extend yourself upward into the community of Humana to have a bigger impact but for me I um, am very passionate about right and left turns so if we talk about 
um, career journeys. I started as a banker after high school, um, was a teller, worked my way up to managing a branch in banking. About that time, it seemed like it was important for me to get some additional education. So I decided to follow my passion, which was medicine, and I went to nursing school. After nursing school, I did emergency medicine. I did pediatric hospice, and in hospice, I would come home and cry until there was no more hot water left in the shower. Uh, Then I did bone marrow, um, but my real love was really emergency medicine, but lots of right turns and left turns. Uh, There was kind of a pivotal pivotal moment in my life where I had taken care of a client, uh, a patient in the emergency room, and her daughter made me this really beautiful thank you note for saving her mom's life. And so it was one of those moments where you just are, you have this treasured moment. And I had no time to spend with that little girl to look at her um, note that she had written me. I needed to run to the next patient in the next situation. And so I started to think about what would I do after emergency medicine? How would I use my skills and and where would it be? And I found a job um, at a company called Green Ribbon Health. And that was a pilot project that Humana and Pfizer did together to sort of look at what could a telephonic nurse and possibly a in-home visit um, from a social worker or nurse, what would that look like and how would that help our Medicare uh, advantage patients? So they participated in this pilot with CMS and I applied for the job and was selected had this awesome opportunity for three years to work with our Medicare clients in um, uh, in Florida at the end of the three-year pilot there's points in your journey where you decide am I gonna take a risk or am I gonna go in the safer direction so the pilot was coming to an end Pfizer and Humana and the government were trying to figure out what they were gonna do with the great results that we had and there came a time where there was this offer do you want to go to Humana and show them what nurses could do with our Medicare Advantage patients or do you want to stay here take the bonus and work through the end of the pilot which is another six months so you had to give up a little bit of money and you had to take a risk or you could stay safe and and finish out the pilot and then figure out what you were going to do next so there were about six of us who were immediately ready to take the risk We came to Humana, we flew to Louisville from Florida, and we started spending time with folks saying, this is what we do on the telephone, here's how we build relationships. And from there on, it was just a really exciting opportunity. Humana bought out Pfizer, um, and probably there were 100 associates total, including leaders, that came over from the Green Mineral Health pilot, and we started at Humana. And that was 14... Well, actually, it was probably uh, 14 years ago. So since then, I came over as a nurse, and what a treat that was. You got to care for members on the telephone, and I think most of the folks um, who have either done a ride-along or listened to a telephone call, what an honor it is to be able to work with our um, senior clients and learn about their uh, opportunity for well-being, which fits so well into our bold goal. I did that for a number of years, and then uh, I moved into a coaching position. So I got to be a leader of our personal health coaches. So we, as we built this program, we began to learn that building relationships was something that you could do with a license, but you could also do it without a license. 
So we were building a program that included non-licensed folks who had clinical backgrounds. While we did that, um, at that point, um, I moved into and had another opportunity to take a position where I led leaders of those folks. So again, kind of thinking about that tree that you grow upwards into, I got to be a leader of leaders. And then now it comes time for another risk, right? So there was this opportunity that I learned about um, through some relationships that I have built. Uh, Humana at home, and we used to be called Humana Cares at that time. We had this opportunity to build relationships with the markets and the regions that were partnering with us to care for their members. We were developing a new team at that time. It was called Client Engagement. And so um, I applied for that position. Again, more of a right turn or a left turn, not really concerned with where it took me, but more interested in what would that work be like. So I took that right turn and had this amazing opportunity of getting to build relationships with our human, uh, not human, our um, health services directors, our medical directors around the company, Um, learned about what they do and how we can partner with them and built sort of strategic relationships with them. So that was, gosh, that was my fourth opportunity at Humana Um, and loved what I was doing there. And I think, and in fact, Tara, I think I got to work with you a little bit if we would bring that up. I'm looking at your face and smiling at you, but we had this opportunity to do that for a while together. So that was a lot of fun. And then maybe one of the most unique left turns I had had the opportunity to take was I built a relationship with a, um, uh, a woman in HR. Her name was Joy Meyer. She's not with us. Well, she's with us here on earth, but she's not with Humana any longer. Say that. She's no longer with us. <laughs> she's alive. She's alive. <laughs> she's still here. It's all good. It's all she's, good. Still, she's still on earth. Let's put it that way. But um, she, uh, she's retired since I worked with her. You know, working with me wears them out pretty quick. So <laughs> she had this uh, opportunity in human resources. And uh, I think that really felt like a big risk to me because from from where, when you're in an operational role, um, human resources can be quite complex and a little bit overwhelming uh, in terms of what you feel like you do know or don't know and how you might be able to make an impact there. So she and I uh, talked about what she did. I learned a lot from her and, and that's where mentoring really came in for me. Uh, with her. She spent a lot of time with me talking about the different things that they do. So short version, and this was a long story, but the short version was then that I moved into HR, and that was about three and a half years ago. So I've been in human resources uh, as a business leader, uh, ship group support, and have had just a fantastic journey there. You mentioned CMS, and that's an acronym for Center for Medicare Services? Medicaid, Medicare Services, yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure, clarify that. And so right, left turn, U-turns, you know, uh, fork in the road. It's amazing how you've moved from being a registered nurse to in the HR world. Uh, Did you have a background in HR? I have uh, in every position that I've been in in operations. And, you know, that's when somebody takes me out to dinner, that's the number one question Mm -hmm. they ask me is, how did you get into Mm -hmm. human resources and what what experiences did you bring Mm -hmm. with you? So every operational leader has some HR experience, Uh, especially at Humana. I think we have, uh, traditionally, we have leaders that we have very high expectations for, and they lean very heavily on um, culture and engagement, on strategy, 
And so my experience really came from all the different positions in the bank. I would mm-hmm. do the hiring. I sure. would do the um, uh, performance reviews. All of that was kind of my HR experience. In Humana, um, I had this great partnership with our HR business partners or our shared services team. So when we went, for example, we moved our non-licensed clinical folks from uh, an exempt role to a non-exempt position. And so I got to partner with human resources over and over and over again in different projects. And that's how they got to know me and how I got to know a little bit more about our human resources department. So that experience um, was really helpful. The other thing, Carmen, that I did was I went out and actually gained additional education in human resources. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a um, professional human resources certification, mm-hmm. which required a lot of study mm-hmm. and in-depth um, in-depth um, understanding of different laws and things like that mm-hmm. that I'd always been familiar with, but really understanding them more. So I did that certification to sort of build uh, around the experience that I had in human resources. Well educated, you're you're a learner, and you'd like to um, understand what why what makes things tick. It sounds like yes, love to learn, and mm-hmm. uh, I I work with Tim Duke, who is my current leader in human resources, and uh, our first conversation was about making sure that you continue to give me um, learning opportunities. I want to make sure that I'm always learning something um, in every opportunity. Fantastic. So there's a so, lot. Oh, go ahead, Brittany. Oh, I was just going to say, so from, from hearing your story, you're kind of a, a risk taker and you're not afraid to go into areas that you're not familiar and comfortable with. Um, do you have any advice for us to, you know, start thinking and getting outside our own comfort zone? What a great question, Brittany. Um, one of the things that I think is so important is that you be yourself. So if I could describe and I think you, all three of you, and listening to you in your podcast, I think you guys do this really well. But being yourself means that um, you have a comfort level, and that comfort level is probably for um, because of the experiences you've had, right? So if I look at the experiences that I have, um, I've gained experience at taking risk by doing little things along the way first and then building to bigger risks. I think it would be very counterintuitive to our to our own survival instincts for me to take big risks if I hadn't practiced taking little risks along the way. And some of that, and I think Humana uh, has experienced a lot of this over the last few years, our associates have, is sometimes we a change comes along that we weren't prepared for, that we weren't thinking about, but that we face how you um, traverse that and how you come out on the other side of that with those experiences and that sort of, hey, I made it through that um, and I'm and I'm continuing to grow, that builds that risk-taking uh, part of me, at least for me. Um, so if, if you are seeking um, those opportunities, uh, one way that I do it, Brittany, maybe a, a better answer to that question or a more concise answer would be, I always go to, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. And I do that in a lot of situations. I do that in medical situations. I do that in relational situations. What is the worst thing? That helps me to remove that fear because I can identify fairly quickly that I could survive the worst thing that happens here in this situation. And therefore, I can take on this risk because I know that it's all up from what 
what the worst was in my mind. And if I can handle the worst, I can take on the rest and succeed. I love that advice. That's kind of how I've had to do a mind mind shift uh, with, you know, taking on a new role myself uh, last year. And, you know, this is the worst that could happen. And then I reverse engineer from there. Yes. <laughs> and then it also really helps to have a really strong network of really valuable associates and colleagues, friends um, at Humana. Can, can you share how networking has been important in your career? It's, it's key for me. Um, and to describe why, and I, as I look across the table, I think about um, Tara and some of our opportunities to network and mentor together. Um, every single individual at Humana has an opportunity to bring something into my life. And I have an opportunity to pour into them in one one way or another. So whether it's, um, in, particularly in this digital world, and forgive me for saying this while we're doing a podcast, which people are going to be listening to while they're walking on their digital device, right? But in this digital world, I get into an elevator and I see now that we are all looking down at our phones or on an airplane. We're all waiting in line looking at telephones or listening to music or having a conversation and I think that networking and mentoring may suffer from that lack of uh, personal contact so um, the opportunity that that mentoring brings and particularly I don't want to say that every woman is relational because that's not fair we all have our strengths and our gifts but tendencies are that we tend to be fairly relational, and I don't think that I want to lose that for a digital device. So at Humana, if we could, if we could do things like you guys are doing, set down our devices and listen to people's stories, then we get to know each other better and we get to say, um, in fact, every leadership meeting, every HR meeting, every opportunity that we have, sit at the table with people you don't know. Put your phone down and ask them, hey, where are you working? What are you doing? And, and exchange that conversation with them because you just, you, you have this beautiful opportunity with more than, we're at 48,000 associates at Humana. One of them is going to have the answer that you need. Mm -hmm. And if you miss that opportunity at that table and you only talk to the folks you know, you're going you're gonna to miss that opportunity to get the answer that you need or the reverse, which is to be the answer that they need right at that moment. Yeah, and how much more of an effort it takes now. It really does. And, and it's just so much easier to sit and stare at your phone and not, not engage. Um, but, but it's so important that we're doing that, which, which is a lot about why we do this podcast is because every single person we've had on the show and then I guess what you said, 44,000 people. Yeah, 48. 48,000. So, I mean, the, the 47,000 more the stories it's just it all goes back to the stories and everyone has something to share and that's what we're finding out podcast after podcast and just it's pretty powerful um that the, what we're hearing and everybody relates it back to networking too and the importance of just talking to people and understanding what gives them energy and um what business area they're working in so and I appreciate you talking about, we'll call it digital detox, right? That's almost the, the new phrase that you're hearing now and um, something we're implementing in my workspace as well as even in, in my, my church life recently. They're talking about it, you know, and just disconnecting a little bit and having those one-on-one -on -one conversations and, 
and we talk about this during our podcast too, turn on your webcam because that is the only way you are going to have a, that human touch. Carmen's human really good at this. She and does turn on her camera. And I do, and I want to. I just want to do that. I want, and I hope that the other person will reciprocate that. So I, you know, uh, so I think it matters. Do they know that you're going to turn the camera on? Everybody no. who knows you? No. <laughs> no. Fantastic. Not always. No. Fantastic. I even do it uh, now when I work at home on Friday. That's when we have our weekly meeting, and, you know, they, all, they expect it. But when I'm meeting um, through, through the week with different associates, I, no, they have no do idea. people say to you, Carmen, your, your video is on. Do they, t- they tell you like you did it on accident? No, they'll say, oh, well, wait a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll turn my camera on. Just give me a minute. Oh, so nice. the, Yeah, so, you know, they'll do that. So I guess they're. I don't know, sprucing up behind them or <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. So, but, uh, but if that's what it takes for me to turn on mine, for them to turn theirs on, then I'll do it. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Okay, so we talked about networking and understanding people's business area. So would you tell us a little bit more about, you know, your business area? HR has so many moving parts and we've talked to some incredible um, associates who work in very different parts of HR, all of them do, I feel like. Uh, what part do you work in? Um, and really, what's like the, the goals and the, the mission of your business area? So the beautiful thing for me about human resources at, at Humana is that I've gone from caring for the member and their well-being and their needs and, and, and understanding what, what their stories are to moving into leadership where we care for our associates so that they can care for the members and you care for leaders and you get the picture. The thing about human resources that I've been so impressed with is that we are caring for the leaders and the associates of the entire company. So I've never worked in, I'm, I'm delighted to work in a department that consistently keeps the, the, the associates and the business, if you'll think about our business success, is an important part of our associate success. So keeping both of those things in balance is a huge part of our human resources department overall. Um, a lot of folks will say, uh, and Terry, you and I have talked about this, hu- human resources at Humana seems so complex. Why is it so complex? And, and my answer to that is think about who we're caring for. Um, human language, think about the 48,000 associates that we've talked about. On average, any English word that we speak has seven different meanings. So when we try to uh, communicate with associates, um, whether we're business or human resources, they might hear seven different meanings to mm-hmm. CMS or SOB is shortness of breath, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, because we have acronyms, because we have these different things, people hear things differently. So we have to find ways to care for them and communicate things with clarity. And that might be finding seven different ways to say the same thing. In, in my area of human resources, what I love is it's the business leadership group. And business leadership group is basically, I call us the air traffic control for human resources. And the reason I say that is because um, David Ulrich is actually uh, the model that we use, and we've tweaked it just a little bit for our purposes. But the business leadership group aligns with every area of the business. So if you're in the home organization, you have a business leadership group support system. If you are in retail, if you're in provider, if you're in CDO, you have a human resources partner 
that knows your business and helps um, helps solve for the human capital plans and events that you have coming up in, in three months, in six months, or in five years. And so um, we consult with the leaders to um, make decisions, help them build their organizational capacity. We work with them on strategic plans and goals. Um, and also think about uh, maybe a good example would be Workday from almost a year and three months ago we moved into Workday. That was a year and a half getting ready for, and then it's been sort of a year journey after we did it. Our um, centers of excellence that actually rolled out Workday needed us to partner with the businesses to say, how's it going? What's happening? Um, what's working well? What isn't working well? What do we need to prepare for before we move into Workday? So when I was in the emergency department, we had a lockdown team when we would have a hurricane come in Florida. And we would get our peanut butter jelly sandwiches and our and our sleeping bags and we'd lock down and until the storm passed to make sure that the hospital was okay and the patients were okay. HR actually had that same thing. We had a group that went on lockdown when we moved to Workday. I wasn't part of the group, but I was the wow. fingers and the hands and the feet out in the field. Because if you think about it, what's the most important thing when we switch all of our HR systems into Workday? The most important thing is that you guys got your paychecks and that they were right. I was just going to joke a paycheck, but <laughs> I should have waited. No, but I mean, <laughs> that's interesting, but it's not a joke. It's true. Yes, yes. So we had folks that literally, well, maybe not peanut butter, jelly sandwiches, and sleeping bags, but they were on lockdown for 48 hours. And our team was out there in the field with the businesses saying, here's what we're hearing. So we had a special call in line. You know, so where can you go to work that you have sort of that overview of everything happening at Humana and feel like you're making an impact on that many folks? Um, And everybody got paid with very few and very small differences um, that first time. So it was really a lot of fun to do. But that's an example of what we might do. So we give feedback, like air traffic control, on new processes that we're doing. Um, And so that's the business leadership group. What I think is also, and maybe other people have talked to you about um, our human resource department overall, but um, Tim Huval, um, have you guys heard his story? Have the three of you heard his recent story? Have you had him on? No, but Tim, if you're listening, oh, we're trying. Yeah. He has an article on High Today. Yes, yeah. yes, amazing story. So, um, Tim Huval, um and leads our human. He's our C H R O, so our human resource officer, chief human resource officer. What a what an interesting guy. We love him, and we're so glad for his his wellness journey and and how he's come back to us um, and how transparent he's been about that. So when you think about having a leader like that in human resources, how can we not all be um, raise our game a little bit to be even better, more humble and more kind on our journey? So he he has Tim State, he has Roger Roger, um, Cued, and each one of them has different areas of human resources. So think benefits, Mm -hmm. well-being, culture, our business leadership group that helps leaders with their strategy. Then you also have our shared services area, which is just one of my favorites because you ever know those folks who can do anything and everything and you just sit in awe of them. So Karen Ash's team is shared services and I just Mm -hmm. wanna give a shout out to them because they're the folks that do everything human resources that you might need. They get the intake calls from you if you're a leader and you have a question about 
performance improvement or how to handle um, a leave of absence. They take all of those calls and facilitate it from associates, from leaders, um, even for me when I get stuck and I have a question. They take that and they process it in incredibly speedy time. And then we were talking about hurricanes. So now picture this, they're doing their day job, which is to help all those 48,000 folks get what they need, the answers they need. And now a hurricane comes and hits three states where we have members. They're now on the, where we have client, uh, excuse me, associates and members. So our care management teams are taking care of the members, but shared services is taking care of the associates. So they're working all day and all night and all weekend long to make sure that when you you get your telephone call, if you're having an emergency and you don't have power and you need help, that team is there for you. So when we talk about complexities, to me, being able to see sort of that umbrella that human resources is over all of our associates, it's really a great place to be. And so um, I, I feel very fortunate. I worked with Karen Ash and some of those folks during the crisis, the Maria Hurricane Maria, because we have big teams on in Puerto Rico yes. a year, maybe two years ago. And when as soon as you said uh, Karen Ash, I immediately thought not just that piece, but she they handled the crises that happened to all of our associates and how incredible the team is. They just jump right in. They gave yeah. they were able to help our associates that were in you know devastation, complete devastation, without electricity for five or six months were most of our associates. Yes. Yeah, so when yeah. we think about when we're in southwest Florida and we think, oh, we, we dodged that particular hurricane, it went somewhere else, and mm-hmm. they're out helping those folks. Mm-hmm. So did that kind of give you a picture of our human resources? Yeah, absolutely. Depth. I, I, I would say so. And um, you mentioned Tim Huval, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite lines that he said was, is our member experience will never be better than our associate experience. And I think that that is such a powerful statement and it really speaks to like where his energy and where mm-hmm. his dedication is and then that of his team. Um, and I love that this whole model is built in a way that it allows allows us to be able to take care of members, mm-hmm. right? So they HR takes care of the associates and the associates are able to do what they need to do for the members. I mean, it's just, it just is an awesome model. Yeah, what a win-win. It is, absolutely. And that's it for this episode, but the conversation isn't over. Make sure to catch part two next week. You can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.